Good morning. How are you doing today? Are you ready for the Word of God? Amen. All right, let's do this. So uh, over the past few weeks, you have seen that we started a new series called Christmas Unwrapped. As you can see by the stage design, we are literally unwrapping peace this Christmas. So it is our desire each week as we go through this series just to help you go through what should be a peaceful time, what should be an enjoyable time, um, but oftentimes ends up being pretty stressful. The holidays can be pretty stressful. Uh, But it's been our goal to help you kind of unwrap the gift of peace. It's available for us uh, through the work of Jesus Christ. Do you believe that? That that the peace is made available through Jesus Christ for us. So we've been going through that. Uh, We started by talking about Herod and a surefire way to, to uh, find yourself uh, not having peace this Christmas season is to be wrapped up in yourself, is to be so consumed with yourself and what you're going through and the challenges that you're facing that it actually causes you to kind of spiral and, and miss out on experiencing the gift of peace that is made available for us. So we talked about Herod and last week we reframed kind of our view of the innkeeper. We, think, we typically think of him as like this grumpy man who refused uh, Joseph and Mary a stay in the inn, but really it turns out Uh, that we have this misconception of perfection, right? That when things don't go the way we want them to go, uh, Mary, I'm sure, didn't intend to give birth to Jesus in a stable. Maybe God was working a more beautiful story uh, in, in the midst because it turns out that Jesus was born in a stable, uh, a barn essentially with animals and, and the, the shepherds were able to come to him and, and Jesus was made available to ordinary men and women just like you and I are ordinary men and women. So uh, it's this misconception of, of perfection that we have that maybe when things don't go the way we want them to, uh, they're going exactly how God has planned and he's working a more beautiful story, amen? So we're going to continue to kind of unwrap peace um, as we talk today, and uh, we're going to be talking about finding peace in the unknown. There are unknown parts in your life um, that you're not sure how they're going to turn out. You're not sure what it's going to look like. You're not sure how things are going to be in the future, whatever it might be, and that can be a place where you lack peace. Um, The fear of the unknown is something that many of us have, so we're going to be looking at an unknown character uh, in Scripture, relatively unknown, and we're going to be looking at the father of Jesus. We're going to be looking at the earthly father of Jesus, not the heavenly father. We're going to be looking at Joseph today. So we're going to be in Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. So if you would do me a favor, if you'd stand to your feet as we read God's word, just to honor the word of God. Amen? Amen. All right. So starting in verse 18. It reads, Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel which means God with us. When Joseph woke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded. He took his wife, but knew her not 
until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. May God bless the reading of his word. Amen. You uh, may be seated. So as we begin to look at Joseph today, I think that it's important for us to kind of build a profile uh, of who Joseph was, kind of to build out this picture uh, of who Joseph is. And although there are only a few verses in Scripture uh, that we read of Joseph, I think that there is enough here that if we look at the life of Joseph from what we see in Scripture, um, that we can kind of learn a few things from Joseph as it pertains to going through unknown circumstances. I'm sure that no one has ever faced this before in history. This is the first time anybody's ever faced anything like this. Kind of an unknown situation for Joseph. Only a few verses, but in those few verses, I think that there is a lot that we can learn from Scripture. I'm thankful for God's Word, that when we read God's Word, it doesn't matter how many times we read it, we can go back again and we can see new things. The Holy Spirit illuminates the text for us so that it comes to life and that we can learn consistently and constantly from the Word of God. Do you love the Word of God? I do. I am so thankful just for the promises that are contained in Scripture that we can hold on to. Uh, just through unknown circumstances in life. So we're going to build out uh, a profile of Joseph just from the few passages of Scripture uh, that we read about here. So uh, just before we look at Joseph's character, some attributes of Joseph, I want to zoom out a little bit further, okay? So when we read uh, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, uh, we find that there are genealogies um, in two of the four, in Matthew and Luke. A genealogy is kind of like the uh, the ancestors or the, the family tree, so to speak, uh, of, of whoever you're reading about. So it's kind of a family tree that we read about um, in Matthew and Luke. How many of you have ever been on Ancestry.com? Anybody? Yeah, yeah. You want to go back and you want to find like you were related to royalty and like I was related to Peyton Manning or something. But the reality is, is that a lot of us here are Germans, so we probably don't want to go too far back because it, it gets ugly real fast. You know what I mean? So, like, I know you want to be related to royalty and all, but, like, and I want to give you comfort in that Jesus had a crazy family, too. If you look at his ancestry.com, didn't exist, but if you look at his ancestry, uh, he had a, a pretty sketchy uh, ancestry of different people. He had a prostitute in, in his lineage, in his, in his life, uh, connected to him. So just kind of a sketchy uh, ancestry that Jesus had as well. But we're reading about the genealogies of Jesus in Matthew and in Luke, and what you'll find is that they're different. Huh? Why would they be different? And I think that this is pretty incredible. I just, I love this stuff. I think that God would not have wasted a single word or a single opportunity in communicating to us through his word. So when we read genealogies and skip over them in our devotions, I get it. It's fine. I do the same thing. I can't read half the names either. Um, but I think that God is trying to communicate an important detail to us. So we'll find that in Matthew and Luke, they're different. Now here's where it's really cool. So Matthew, you read about the genealogy of Joseph, of Jesus through Joseph, right? And then in Luke, you read about the genealogy of Jesus through Mary. Now we know Mary was biologically the, the mother of Jesus. However, Joseph wasn't. So why would they include a genealogy of Joseph if Jesus wasn't biologically related to Joseph? Well, who's going to believe that Mary conceived by the Holy Spirit? Nobody. Nobody's going to believe that. Of course, the Jews are going to think that, uh, that Mary and Joseph got together before they were married. 
or that by Joseph marrying Mary, that he would make legitimate his son and his connection to his genealogy. So whatever the case might be, we read about Joseph's genealogy in Matthew because Jesus, even though he was his earthly father, maybe not his biological one, was legally the father of Jesus. And Joseph was connected to King David, who was also connected to the fathers of our faith. So no matter what, on both sides, Jesus was the Messiah. He was the Savior. He was the fulfillment of the promise. He was the one that made a way for us to be a part of the great nation uh, that God had promised Abraham. God so beautifully orchestrated the details of Jesus' birth that he hand-selected Joseph to be the earthly father of Jesus. Seemingly unknown detail, seemingly not a big deal, something that would be easy to skip over, but the thing that I want that to communicate to you is there might be some unknown details of your life. There might be a sketchy history or past or whatever it might be, but I want to guarantee you that God is redeeming every quality of your life that he is sovereign and he is working all things out for his will for you, just like he did for Joseph. He hand-selected Joseph to be the father of Jesus. Uh, Pretty big shoes to fill, if you ask me. (laughs) Don't you think? God, Jesus' heavenly father, Jesus' father, right? God the father selected Joseph to be the earthly father of Jesus. I do not want that job, right? That is like, Finn is enough, Harper is enough, you know, I'm thankful to have been selected to be their father, but if I had to be the father of the Messiah, like, probably not going to work out too well. So, uh, pretty big shoes to fill when you think about the role that Joseph had, and such a a small amount of scripture uh, mentions uh, Joseph. So, with that in mind, with understanding that God is working in the details and in the unknown areas of your life, um, as we read about Joseph, how many of you can kind of sympathize with him a little bit? You feel bad for Joseph, right? You kind of feel like he got the short end of the stick. Is that just me? As you read about Joseph, it's like he kind of gets cut out of the story, like, where is Joseph? And you can feel bad uh, for Joseph, because let's be honest, if a woman came to you and said that I'm pregnant, don't worry, it's the Holy Spirit, like, there's got to be a couple questions you're going to ask. First of all, this happened one time in history, so if that happens to you, I'm telling you, run, okay? Like, run, get out of that relationship, it's not healthy. She's just trying to get you to take care of her and some other guy's baby. Like, run. It was not the Holy Spirit that only happened with Jesus Christ, right? That that only happened one time in history. Uh, So I just want to kind of give you a heads up there. Save that. Tuck that away in case you need to come back to that at some point. Hopefully that never happens in your life. But uh, So seriously, though, this poor guy had to be heartbroken if you think about it, right? This is marriage was arranged, you know? in that culture, in that time. So he's been waiting for this moment, preparing and and getting ready, and I'm sure even making preparations for their wedding feast. And he's getting ready for this moment, anticipating when he is going to marry Mary. And uh, she comes to him pregnant. And he had to have been heartbroken and to have heard that, you know, it was the Holy Spirit. And I'm sure that he wasn't convinced, you know. 
And so much like, you know, many of us in this room at some time or another, he had his heart broken. I'm certain of it. But this is where we get the first picture of something that I think we could learn uh, from Joseph. It says in Scripture that Joseph, being a just man, or being a good man, quietly decided uh, to divorce Mary. That doesn't happen in our world, right? Quiet divorces, man, they are ugly. They are like drawn out. It's always about getting, uh, taking advantage of the other one, whatever it might be, right? They are ugly. There's an entire reality show called Divorce Court. How many of you have seen this? Put your hands down. Don't tell anybody that you've ever seen this. But seriously though, right, it's, it's all about trying to shame their exes and nationally on television and it's like, it's just ugly. It is so ugly. But it says, Joseph, being a good man, quietly decided to divorce Mary. And I think that we could learn a lot from this in terms of like, let it go, okay? Like, move on. Don't get hung up because a lot of our time and our lives are spent trying to right the wrongs that have happened to us. And we get so hung up at these places of trying to make sure everything is fair, you know, and like a little kid playing a board game or whatever screaming, he cheated, she cheated. It's like, okay, we get it. Like, you know, and the people around you that you constantly are telling and trying to explain to them how you've been wronged and, and how life has just been so rough to you and my goodness, right? And, and we spend our whole lives trying to justify ourselves and the only thing we're really doing is robbing ourselves, you know? We're robbing ourselves just like we might have been robbed in that moment, but we're continuing it. And we spend our whole lives trying to make things right. And I think we could learn something from Joseph um, as a good man, as a good woman, operating in integrity and honesty and operating in a way not to shame somebody else, just to let it go. Let it go. Like, just let it go. You know what I mean? Like, move on. It's in the past. It's happened 25 years ago or whatever it is. It happened. Just let it go. Let it go, and I know that that's hard to do, but when you do that, when you let it go, I mean, I believe you open yourself up to God's plan and God's will for your life, and I think that we read about that here um, as we continue uh, to read about, about Joseph. So as we continue to read this passage, the picture of who Joseph is becomes even clearer. After Joseph resolves in his broken heart to quietly divorce Mary, an angel of the Lord comes to him and says, Joseph, son of David, do not fear. Take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save the people from their sins. Just a few verses later, after reading this, uh, we read that Joseph woke up and did what the angel of the Lord said. He married Mary, and then when Jesus was born, when the boy was born, he named the boy Jesus. You can be certain that when Joseph made this decision, he validated all of the nasty rumors of the people who were talking about Mary and talking about him. And what I want to kind of encourage you with today is he didn't care what people thought. He didn't care what people thought of him. He knew what God had told him to do, and he did it. 
He obeyed the Lord. He, in, he, he didn't care what other people had to say about Mary, whether it be that Mary and him got pregnant before, or that she got pregnant by somebody else, or whatever the rumors that might have been spread. Joseph completely covered over that and legitimized, in a sense, Jesus, making him his legal son because God hand-selected Joseph because he was a good man. He hand-selected him because he was a man of integrity, because he knew what the right thing was to do in this situation. But the angel of the Lord came and spoke to him, and he obeyed the word of the Lord. And, and just like Joseph, that's how I want to encourage you today. All right, so we don't have an angel coming to us in a dream, or we don't have an angel coming to us in a vision, but you ready for this? We have the word of the Lord. We have God's word. And man, I'm sorry if that's not enough, but it is. <laughs> it is. It really genuinely is. There are promises in God's word. There are hurts and pains that you have gone through that a comment from a friend or whatever it might be, it just doesn't seem to kind of reach that area of your heart. But there are things in God's word that go toe-to-toe with the depths of the pain that you have experienced. We have God's word. We have promises that we can hold on to in unknown moments of life. We have God's word to carry us through. And what I want to encourage you with today is that there are things that you know that God has spoken to your heart to do. And like Joseph, I want to encourage you, wake up and fulfill the word of the Lord. Wake up and do what God has told you to do. Wake up and do what God has called you to do. Be who God has called you to be. Don't be concerned with what other people might think of you. Fulfill the word of the Lord. Otherwise, you're going to find yourself at a place where you're always second-guessing, should I have done that? Should I have obeyed God there? And there's moments where we all experience that, where it's like, God, I didn't listen to you there, and I know that I should have. Grace, forgiveness, it's okay, but now let's do it, all right? Let's wake up today and do what God has asked us to do, just like Joseph did what God asked him to do. He said yes to being the earthly father of Jesus. And as a result, he got to see this young boy grow, right? And as a result, he got to teach Jesus how to be a carpenter. Jesus, the Jesus who said he's going to prepare a place for us, right? The builder. How cool is that? Joseph taught Jesus building skills, and then he says, you know, I'm going to prepare a place for you. If it were not so, I would not have told you, right? And so Joseph got to be a part of Jesus' life in a very special way, in a father and a son relationship. And I'm just telling you, like, obey the word of God today so you don't miss out on God's will for your life. So you don't keep killing yourself over and over, missing out on all that God has for you. Wake up. Obey the word of the Lord. The last thing that I would like, um, I think that we can learn uh, from Joseph and I'm going to take a little bit of liberty on this one, okay? Is that fair? I feel the freedom to do this, okay? So take a little bit of liberty on this one. But something that we can feel fairly certain of, and this is what I'm talking about, is that Joseph would have died uh, before he ever got to see Jesus become the Messiah, right? So why do we, why do we assume this? The last time that we read about uh, Joseph in Scripture was about the time that Jesus was 12 years old, right? It says that Jesus was in the temple, 
Mary and Joseph traveled a day's journey before they realized Jesus was lost. Listen, like, seriously, like, a day? Like, someone needs to call child and youth services on Mary and Joseph. Like, (laughs) a whole day, they were like, I thought you were watching Jesus, Mary. No, it was your turn, Joseph. It's like that scene like where they have like the cure to the disease and it like falls down out of the helicopter. You like lost the savior of the world. You lost the like how do you do that? Like how do you make that mistake? Like you think that you like I don't know, just keep him right by your side the whole time, but somehow Mary and Joseph lost Jesus. That's like messed up. Of course, Jesus, being Jesus, is in the temple, and they come back and he says, well, didn't you know I'd be in my father's house? You know what I mean? So anyway, so that's the last time we read about Joseph in scripture, but then later on, as Jesus is on the cross dying, he turns to his disciple John, and he tells John, you know, that this is your mother now, you know, and, and you're her son, and to take care of, uh, of Mary. And the assumption there is that John is now going to be in charge of taking care of Mary because there's no one in her life to take care of her. So we get this idea that Joseph is no longer uh, in uh, the picture anymore. So Joseph, the Joseph who didn't know how things would turn out when he found out Mary was pregnant, But then he decided to obey the word of the Lord. The Joseph that taught Jesus carpentry skills that he would carry on the family business. The Joseph that was there when he was a baby. The Joseph that uprooted his family and moved them to Egypt to make sure that he was safe. The Joseph that gave up his life for Jesus never got to see Jesus become the Savior. Never got to see Jesus turn water into wine. His first miracle. Never got to see Jesus speak to thousands of people. Wasn't there when he was betrayed or wasn't there when he was crucified or when he raised from the grave and he appeared to them. Joseph, the one who gave up his life for Jesus, never got to see Jesus become the Savior. And all I have to say is, isn't that just like God? (laughs) And I hope you feel encouraged by that. And what I mean is we read about in Scripture time and time again of people who put their faith in God, in the promise of God, and it says that they died in the faith, right, not having fully received the promise because God had something better in mind, something better that one day we would be with him in eternity because it is not about this life. It's not about this life. Life and, and if it was about being fulfilled and satisfied in this life, then man, we're going to miss it. We're going to miss it. So we read so little about Joseph in Scripture, but the reason that is is because it's not about Joseph. It's not about Joseph. It's about Jesus Christ. And, and if I had to guess, there are a lot of people in this room who are like Joseph, if not all of us, Right? Who, if we were in Scripture, it would only be mentioned of us in passing because it's not about us. We want it to be. We want to be our own Savior. We want to believe that at some point we're going to get it together and figure things out and things are going to turn out good for us and maybe we'll be able to even retire. That'll be great. Like, we've arrived. You know what I mean? But it's not about that, is it? It's not about us. It's about Jesus Christ. And that's what 
Joseph knew, because I guarantee you the moment that he passed, at whatever age that might have been, his eyes would have been open to the reality of everything that he gave his life up for, just like you and I. And I want to encourage you today, like, it's not about you. It's about Jesus Christ. And, and in so doing, something beautiful happens. In giving up our lives, do you know what happens? We find it. We find fulfillment. We find satisfaction all in uh, Jesus Christ. If the worship team uh, wants to, to come forward at this time, I got like all wrapped up in it. I forgot to let them know. <laughs> so again, there are a few things here that I kind of want to remind you of as we prepare uh, to close today. If you're facing unknown circumstances or situations of whatever you're going through, the first thing I want you to know is that God is working in your life to create a more beautiful story than you could on your own. You're trying to figure things out. You're trying to imagine what your life would look like a certain way if you could just get to this point, right? But God is working things out just like he worked things out for Joseph and Mary and bringing in Jesus into the world. And it didn't go according to their plans, but it went according to God's plan. And we get to read about it in Scripture, and it is beautiful. And I feel confident that as followers of Jesus Christ, your story is just as beautiful. That one day, maybe from heaven, we'll be able to look back and see how God worked and orchestrated our story in such a way uh, that was more beautiful than, than you and I could ever imagine. In the process, though, in the moments of feeling like we don't know what to do in the unknown places of our life, I want to encourage you with some simple things. Like Joseph, we need to be men and women of integrity. We need to be good men and good women. And we need to do the right thing. And we need to let go of some things. And we need to move on. And we need to stop trying to justify ourselves because he already justified us. He already made us right. He already set our course. You know what I mean? He's already got it taken care of. It's covered. You don't need to, to fight what's for, like, for fairness or whatever it might be. You just need to relax and let Jesus sort all of that out. So just let some things go. Be men and women of integrity and, and, and do the right thing. We also need to be, uh, we also need to obey the word of God. I know that it's not fancy. I know that you want Jesus to like, oh Lord, if I could just hear your voice, tell me what I need to do. He already has. We can already hear his voice. You want to hear God's, you want to hear God tell you what to do? Read his word out loud. There you go. <laughs> you know what I mean? We already know what we need to do. We just need to stop neglecting to do it. We just need to do what God has told us to do and stop dragging this process out and torturing ourselves in the process. So I believe there are things that you are neglecting to do in your life that God has asked you to do. Would you wake up and do it? Would you just do it? Just do it and, and see, what God, see what God does. And lastly, I think a healthy dose of reality is sometimes good for us in realizing that we are not the main character, but Jesus is. My dad used to go like this with me. This is Kyle. This is the world. The world doesn't revolve around you. It's about Jesus Christ. And man, you know what happens? Like, you know what's really cool in that process of giving up your life? Joseph gave, gave up his life, but now he is forever known as the earthly father of Jesus. Give up your life and see what God does in your life. See what God does for you. See what God, doors that God opens for your life 
when you stop trying to figure it out and let him orchestrate your life. It's not about you, it's about Jesus. So here we go. Are you ready? It's officially one week before Christmas. We are counting down the days. As you are running out this week and you're taking Excedrin to take away that migraine that you have because you're rustling through Target trying to pick up some last minute gifts and you're telling your husband to to pick up scotch tape because you ran out of scotch tape and so you're using duct tape to wrap presents and that doesn't look real good and as you're trying to figure all of this out, I pray that in a divine moment, as you're wrapping presents for your friends, for your family, that God would give you an early gift. You know, that gift that your parents gave you the night before Christmas because you were too anxious to wait, so they let you open a, a Christmas gift early. I pray that God will allow you to unwrap an early Christmas gift and that you'll be able to unwrap peace in the unknown areas of your life, in the places where you're not so sure how things are gonna turn out. This doesn't look good. Man, God, I don't know what to do here. I don't, I don't know if I should say yes or if I should say no. I don't, know, I don't know what to do in this situation, God. I pray that you'll find yourself unwrapping peace in that situation because it's a promise in God's word that we get to hold on to, Right? that he'll guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus with his perfect peace. It's available for us. And in the process that we would be godly men and women, right? Letting go of our lives, obeying the word of God, and ultimately realizing that he's orchestrating a beautiful story for us that will make sense one day as we stand with him in eternity. In the process, though, Jesus is the star of your story. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this day. God, I truly thank you for this body. Lord, I believe that even us being here together is by your design and your will. God, you are sovereign, which means you are completely in control, which means that you have drawn each one of us here today. So God, I thank you for your word. God, it's, it's not complex. It's not difficult. Lord, help us just to accept it at face value. And Lord, I think the biggest thing today is that we would just take a back seat to Jesus. Lord, that in those unknown places in our life, instead of trying to step into that place and, and figure it out, that we would back off a little bit and recognize that you're working, that you are the author and the perfecter of our faith, that you will perfect that which concerns us, God that your word tells us you have prepared good works in advance for us to do, that you'll guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus with your perfect peace. Lord, there are so many promises in your word that we can hold on to. So God, I pray that as we prepare for Christmas this week, Lord, you would, by the Holy Spirit, allow us to unwrap peace in our lives, in those areas and those places where we don't know how things are gonna turn out. Lord, we trust you. Lord, we know that you are faithful. Even when we're not faithful, God, you are faithful. So God, we ask that you would just uh, bless us, bless this week. Lord, help us to go about it with uh, you leading us and guiding us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.